All right, welcome to the Draft Champions Podcast. I'm here with a contributor to NewFantasyLife.com and RotoWarings.com. He's the co-host of the Fantasy Insider Podcast that you can find at One Fantasy Insider on Twitter, and you can find him at Fantasy Fantasy Central One on Twitter. None other than none other than Micah Henry. Now, what's going on, bro? I'm, what's I'm up, ready. buddy? I'm ready Thanks to talk. For sure, we're ready, ready to talk some some guys that we like and some guys that we don't like. Just, yeah, you know. what, we, what we wanted to talk about was a one up and one down on for starting pitchers, and we're gonna we're gonna focus on the AL because we figured uh, we both love baseball so much we we would just talk too long if it was in both leagues. <laughs> so, t- what about what's all these what's with all these ones on the on these Twitter handles? Like one in the front of Fantasy Insider, and <laughs> one in the, just because it was already taken. Yeah, just because it was already taken. I I did that with so many accounts. I'm like, bro, all these all these names are taken. You got to put a one in there. You can't, you can't, put, a, you can't put a two or three. This looks kind of weird. So just put yeah, a you one in be, there. You want to be number one. Exactly. You want to be one exactly. number one. <laughs> all right. So one other thing I have to one other thing I want to point out is that I, I look I we follow each other on Twitter and your pinned tweet is fantasy baseball is about commitment and the waiver wire. That's our, it. Our, our pot well. Our podcast, the Draft Champions podcast, really focuses on these draft and hold leagues that are fifty rounds, and there is no waiver wire. <laughs> but uh, no, I do. I no, I totally, I totally get it. But but um, I'm just, I just want to say that some of the, like we're going to go through some of the teams. You picked seven. I I took the remaining eight for the AL. We're going to go one we like, one we don't for I guess the relative cost in in, in um, their ADP in the ADP market sport, so to speak. But um, a lot of my a lot of my guys that I like are really deep guys in. Um, in these draft and hold leagues, so I'm maybe cheating a little bit, but as I just wanted to point that out, it's ironic. But I think we're going to go through it. Not and and these these guys that are up and down aren't really um, we're not really going to be pigeonholed into draft and hold leagues that are 50 rounds, no waivers. Like this this is um, this is pretty global. And um, before we get started, I just wanted to say that I, I reached out to you on Twitter, and I really wanted to have you on the podcast because uh, you come up on my feed from time to time, and you, and you have some really good, insightful and insightful notes on Twitter. But then um, I also and I and I commented on uh, one of your articles that I read, and it really jumped out at me. So one thing that stuck out to me was that your sleeper article, and uh, I read it, and I and maybe maybe it was um, confirmation bias because I do like a lot of those same guys. <laughs> but um, you wrote an article, and um, I thought it like. I, first of all, I think a lot of the, a lot of the things you write are really smart, and I think you're a really smart guy. And um, no problem. And um, per, uh, Freddie Peralta and Jose and uh, not Jose De Leon, um, uh, um, Daniel pa, da, Daniel Ponce De Leon on the Cardinals and Freddie Peralta on the Brewers. Those are two guys that I'm really into this year um, at their cost. And then you also then also in that article was Eflin and um, Mark uh, Braylon Marquez, who I like a lot too. Marquez, I've been gra- grabbing him really late. And then also oh Braxton, yeah, Braxton Gary. Braxton, Braxton, Braxton. Braxton. Yeah. So yeah, um, um, what one guy I'm going to push back a little bit on you um, is Eflin because he had the he had the great stats last year. He, I think he, his whip was around 1.2. He had a decent ERA under four, but it was the strikeouts that everyone's looking at. But his like his whiff percentage is like way underperformed. Like his strikeout or his K rate way overperformed his whiff percentage. So that gives me a little bit of ca- a little bit of caution on that. Um, 
do you have do you have any uh, do you have any counterpoint for that? Yeah, I mean, Eflin's not he's not gonna get twelve, you know, thirteen Ks a game. He's not that type of guy. He's more he's more of a deep arsenal. I can command this arsenal and I can throw my pitches where I want them to go. And I can, you know, shoot out on a call strike or a swinging strike, depending on where I throw the ball. So he's he's more of like a just control artist type pitcher. He's not a high upside guy, but we've seen him be able to, you know, go deep into games before, go nine innings, eight innings, just just at random. But it's not really quote unquote random because this is, you know, this is what he can do. We've seen him do it multiple times at, at this point. So that now it's now it's a pattern. So I mean, going forward, I think it's gonna we're just gonna see him continue to know how to or when to throw, you know, his better pitches. He threw his curveball more. He threw his curveball more in the 2020 sample size. He threw his slider more. So I mean, he's he's still a young guy, and you see that he's tinkered with his arsenal every single year. And like at this point, he's just a guy who's you know figuring out how to throw his pitches. So while I don't think he'll you know have that elite whiff rate, I think he can still you know pile up strikeouts with just you know just his command and control. Good, cool. That, that's that's good. To, that's good. To, it's a good. Um, it's a good little explanation there because I wasn't completely sold on him, but. Um, now that you're t- now when you're talking, I'm thinking this guy might be someone that I want to target in these draft and hold these because he's sort of a safer, safe mm-hmm. guy that just will get you get you those innings. There's not many. Um, the Phillies aren't really rich with pitching, I don't think. They mm-hmm. have Wheeler, they have Nola, but after that, I think um, Eflin's going to have to do a share to eat up some innings as well because yeah. after that, it's 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 very it's very questionable, and um, I don't know if they're going to be buyers. So um, again, I really, I really enjoyed that article because um, I'm big on Peralta and Delion. Uh, we don't, we don't want to get into them too much because we're going to go into other guys we like. But um, I see a lot of articles about sleepers, and then you'll see like, oh, Framber Valdez, Kevin Gosman, and like all your like typical guys that are like, okay, I know this. Like these are everyone's sleepers. But I like that you, I like that, and, and I don't like once I see that. Like when I see an article and Kevin Gosman's a sleeper, I'm like, he's not a sleeper. <laughs> he's not sorry not, not he was a, he was a sleeper last year yeah exactly. um mm-hmm. he's not a sleeper this year um mm-hmm. and uh what i like to see is like the, going, digging a little bit deep these are guys you can get in the late 300s and even uh pushing like the five in the 500 like in the adp adp around 500 in these draft champions so i think that was great so um let's get into uh the meat and potatoes of this episode and our um, up and down. So what I, how I think we should do it is you, you, um, you pick, you, you take a team and then I'll take a team and we'll go back and forth and you tell me a guy that you, that you like and the guy that you don't like at their cost. And then I'll, we'll have some friendly banter and then uh, we'll go back and forth. So take it away. Sounds good. All right. Well, I'm starting out with the Indians and my first guy that I'm down on is Mr. Tristan McKenzie. Um, it's, it's a lot. It's a lot to do with just his frame. I'm not confident that over a full season, his frame as it as it stands right now, as we saw that season, that he'll be able to hold up over a full season, throwing the fastball as hard as he does and using his arm the way he does. I I mean, the human body is the human body. I, I'm not, I'm not a doctor, but I'm pretty sure over a full season, if you keep chucking 95, 96, maybe 97, you know, with not a lot of physique behind it you know you might you know hurt something over and and you know and then that would hurt your fancy team so i mean that's just one of my worries i also need to see more sample size from the fastball it's not a ground ball pitch it allows a lot of hard contact and honestly you can argue that he's not even guaranteed a starting role if one of these guys like say kyle Qu- Qual- cal quantro i think that's how, that's how you say yeah. his name yeah I, if one of these guys comes up and starts performing so i mean there's there's a lot of question marks here he's not too expensive, but I think as ADP, there are other guys that you that you could target. 
And then for a guy that I'm up on from the Indians rotation is uh, Aaron Savali. I I love this guy. I think he he has this deep arsenal, a bunch of pitches that he can't command well. He gets plenty of ground balls. Or he's always over 40% ground balls for a season. He's an innings eater with K upside. He won't hurt your whip. And, yeah, I mean, this is a guy that will – he might have some blow-ups here and there, but he plays in a good offense, so he'll get run support. And I, I think he will be a solid starting pitcher, three starting pitcher, four for your rotation. Well, dude, I couldn't agree with you more. And it's not doesn't make for good podca- podcasting in conflict, but I, I completely agree with you. Um, Savali's going off at uh, ADP in the NFBC of 188, and then McKenzie's going at 164. So about at least around a – McKenzie's going at least one round earlier, and I would clearly take Savali over McKenzie. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, in, I'm in a draft right now, and McKenzie just went before Savali. I might, I might grab Aaron Savali if, if, I, if it comes back to me. But um, I agree. I think um, – I think they got a lot of like like you said. You hit on all the points. Um, there's nothing. There's nothing more I need to say. I, I think I agree with everything you said. You, you put it very well. Um, now I'll I'll take. Um, I guess maybe we'll stay. And I'm looking at my notes right now. Who do I want to pick? We'll stay in the AL Central, and um, we will go with the Kansas City Royals. Um, a team because you you gave me your seven teams that uh, you chose, and I'm I was sort of stuck with the other eight. So like it or <laughs> like like it or not, I have to. I have to pick um, teams from the other uh, players from the other eight. KC, I'm going to go with Jackson Koa um, on the Royals. He is, um, I think, he will be 25 this year. He doesn't have um, he doesn't have quite the um, uh, K upside, but I believe he's going to be up. That that rotation um, is um, nothing. There's a lot. There's a lot of spots in that rotation where. Um, he, he could he could come in and uh, you I, I do expect him to be up this year um so I think Mike Miner who I'm going to get into who's actually my my fade in in that in that in that range um could be could uh, and I'll talk about him in, in a little bit he could he could be a, he could be out of a job soon and Kawar, he's he's a good pitcher he's going to eat innings I think I believe Zips has him down to throw over 100 innings or already projecting mm. him for over 100 innings for uh, take that take that uh, Take that for whatever, however you want to take it. Um, but um, I think he's old enough, and I think they're going to bring it up. They've they've showed um, they've showed the willingness to bring up Dan, um, Daniel Lynch and um, Brady Singer, who who are obviously going to be part of the rotation next year. And I don't think they're going to hesitate bringing him up. Um, I actually like him more than um, sorry, I I misspoke. They brought up Bubik. Um, Lynch is the other guy that they have in the minors. So they brought up Ubik and Singer last year. I think they're going to bring up Lynch and um, Cowher this year. And I actually like Cowher, who's actually, I think he's a little bit less of a hyped prospect, but I do like him a bit more because I think he's a little bit of a safer guy. I think um, Lynch, um, I think think he's going to be, I think he is, I think he's more ready for the major leagues. And I think he was a guy that they, they were talking about bringing up next year. And just for the opportunity at ADP 666, like, I'm not expecting it, the world out of him, but I think for someone that you're going to pick in round 40 to round 50, he's obviously, you can't really go too wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, but my guy that I'm out on, as I mentioned, is, is Mike Miner. Now, he's lost um, three miles per hour on his fastball since his mini breakout in Kansas City. Um, and he did have a great year in Texas, but his O swing is way, and, and I'm trying to, I, went, I looked into him, and I'm trying to figure out why he's, um, why he had like a five and a half ERA, because he did. A, he still did have a decent swinging strike rate, right, which was over ten percent. But he's lost three. Like I said, he's lost three, three ticks on his fastball since his breakout, and that's consistently declining. His O swing is way down. So I'm trying to think. Okay, 
his velocity is down, so people are not—he's not fooling people as much. His, his O swings way down, and his hard hit percentage is way up. So I think just the combination of all that, and you got Kowar and Daniel Lynch waiting in the wings, he's probably going to end up in their bullpen. I think. So that's my take on the the Royals, and and um, and um, he is going at uh, Mike Miner at ADP three forty. So I think there's a lot of pitchers that you can grab, um, and I have written down actually uh, after that. And one of the guys I have written down is Cal Quantrill. Um, Adam Wainwright or Carlos Martinez. I'd really, like way rather have those three guys over Mike Miner. Way, way, way more. Yeah, Mike Miner. He's never really. I mean, but yeah, besides that mini breakout he had, he's never really been like this. This guy, you know. I mean, it's it's always been questionable how he's done what he's been doing, and now I guess we finally see it's catching up to him. And I really, and I really do like that co pick. I think the Royals have an excellent farm in regards to uh, pitching prospects, and uh, we'll see. I, I love Lynch too, but I, I love I love Cora. I think we'll we'll see a, a good amount of him this season. And I don't know, I don't know how far they'll push him, but I mean, if he gets a hundred plus innings, I mean, that could be a, a nice, you know, a nice way of wire pickup or a nice yeah, uh, last round pick in a best ball league or something. Yeah, for sure. All right, well, do you want to go next? Uh, pick up. You want to take your next team? Yep, we're going with the Astros. Okay. And my first guy that I'm down on is Christian Javier. I mean, he's he's kind of just uh, he's been he showed just really it's two pitch arsenal, and I I'm I like two pitch arsenal guys if they can make it work, but I don't know if he can over a full season. I just need to see more sample size from him. See him. He has other pitches. He has to change up the eight throws as well and back there. He, but I I. Just need to see him, you know, successfully sequence these pitches over a full season. So I, I'm not, I'm not really sold on Javier yet. And in regards to the guy I'm up on is Mr. Lance McCoolers. I mean, we saw towards the end of the season, we saw the upside. We saw him commands Arsenal, controls Arsenal. We saw the K upside, that's upside there. He's always had the ground ball upside. He's had a ground ball percentage greater than 54.9% every season since 2016. So, I mean, this is a guy that will, you know, won't have a crazy bad whip ever, even if his control or command is bad because he gets so many ground balls. And I just think that, you know, command the command issues could linger with the sinker just because the sinker, you're all always trying to paint the zone you're always trying to get the bottom of the zone so i mean sometimes you miss sometimes you you just you know you walk the guy so i think don't being a sinker ball guy he will continue to have some command issues with that pitch but i mean i think the upside at the adp you know is very nice what's it but i'm just gonna quickly look at um lance mccullers adp He's i think going I, at 126 in the yeah. nfbc and i don't I, i'm not sure if this is completely updated but um yeah he's going at 126 now this is getting this po- this podcast getting a little hotter because I couldn't disagree with you more on this. <laughs> well, um, Javier, he's one of those guys again that overperformed his um, like his strikeouts overperformed his whiff percentage. So he didn't he didn't get a lot of whiffs at all. So that is definitely a point where um, that would go against Javier. But I think he does get the soft contract co- contact. I think he is a good control pitcher, and he, his track record in the minors is just amazing. And for his cost, I. Look, I, I'm not in love with him, but I, I don't. I wouldn't mind grabbing him as my SP four or SP three if I'm really in a, in a bind and have gotten very heavy on hitting. But McCullers, man, I'm out on. I'm out on McCullers. I'm not gonna. Oh have man, him. I'm oh, out. Man. I'm out just because he's he's not gonna throw. He's not gonna get the innings. There's like he's gonna get hurt. I I've no like. I don't like to just. I don't like to completely um, assess an, a pitcher based on injury, but there's just so much of that baked in for him and. Like you said, like he can he can navigate around some poor command control, but he's always having those blow up by, uh, um, outings. I um, heard and I've talked about this before on this podcast. 
So, um, I think Alex Fast brought this up that he, if you take out his one blow up start, he would have had like a 250 ERA. But that's the same thing. Um, if you took out a couple of his blow up starts in 2018, the last year that he pitched because he missed 2019, um, it was about he pitched about triple the innings because the season was about triple as long. So take out three of those starts that he just got completely rocked, he would again had a 250 ERA. But guess what? He's had about a 450 ERA every year because he has those. He's he's he has a tendency to have those blow up starts because it's just how he pitches, and that combined with his injury and um, his injury um, profile, and um, I, I don't and he's never really gone. Um, he's never really had that two hundred inning season. I don't believe that's going to happen. Um, just all those factors lead to me to be completely out at, at his ADP. So I hear what you're saying yeah. on him, and I know people love him, but I'm I'm just just my risk appetite is not not for him. Yeah, I mean. The injuries really are – they are worrisome because they, they keep, like, setting them back in regards to how he's throwing and what, how he's throwing his pitches, sequencing his pitches. But, I mean, I don't know. If, if you if you kind of just, you know, hope for health, then he becomes a nice pick. I, I, that's what I'm doing. I'm hoping for health. All right. All right. Cool. So, I'm going to take a team. I'll just knock this team off because I didn't really want to talk about them, but I got stuck mm-hmm. with them. It's uh, Tampa Bay Rays. And mm-hmm. I really want to avoid all of their pictures, so it was kind of tough. And um, I, I kind of, I kind of cheated. I, I didn't dig that deep at all. I'm just gonna go. The guy that I'm avoiding is Tyler Glass now. I know he's a guy that um, his his swinging strike right is always um, is always um, under like he's always um, shown um, that he should that he could have some uh, negative regression on his strikeout rate. Um, because his strikeouts were always higher than his stri- and then the, the swinging strike rate that he got until this year, which he actually overperformed. So, but however, his ERA was a little bit higher. And um, but um, he, he his peripherals say that he could be amazing. However, he still needs that third pitch to to, to hone that in. And um, the injury risk again, like I'm, I know I, I do I do um, factor in injuries quite a bit now um, with um, with these pitchers now playing the NFBC, and I think. Uh, I'm just not comfortable where he's going. I think he's going at ADP um, 47. So he's going 47th overall where he can get Blake Snell, their actual quote-unquote ace, who also has um, injury risk too, at ADP 53. But the thing I kind of like about Snell is he's probably going later now at ADP 53. And that's actually – he's probably actually slipping a little bit more recently because people have just seemed off of him. Um, but he's probably the best bet to get traded off that team. And he can basically go anywhere except for the Rockies and have an increase in value. So right now you're probably going to get him for the best cost you ever are. And if he's a guy like going around that Steven Strasburg range, um, because people aren't that comfortable with his profile, then he he's a guy with the upside that he like where you're getting him. There's a lot of profit to be made. Whereas where you're getting Glasnow, I feel like there's a lot of downside, mm-hmm. but again, not guys I really um, like, hot to trot to try and try and grab. But if I had to pick the guys in the Rays, that's, that's where I'm going. I like it. All right. Um, who's next for you? And for me, I'm, I'm hopping on to the Yankees and the down. I mean, there's not really a lot of guys that I, I don't like on there, but I'm, I don't even know who's going to be the fifth starter at this point right now. I think it's going to be Michael King. That's, that's who it is on the depth chart at least. And if, if, yeah, if it is him, he's, I mean, that's that's the only guy I'm like. All right, I don't want him on my team. I mean, he's there's really not not much upside with him at all. You know, secret first guy, not a lot of K upside, control issues. 
um, ineffective secondary pitches. So I mean, he, if he does start, you, he's he's not a guy you'd be like, oh, okay, let's let's draft him last round and see what happens. You'll end up dropping him after two or three starts, maybe even after his first start. So I, I wouldn't. He's not a guy that I want. And uh-huh. up, I love Jordan Montgomery. I mean, he's always had decent decent command of all of his pitches. He's becoming like the sinker first guy. So I mean, I think the ground ball percentage will only rise with the more he uses the pitch. And yeah, I mean, he's going. I don't know. I don't know his exact ADP, but he's going. He's going kind of later. So I mean, at this point, he becomes one of those guys you can grab it to be your starting pitcher four or five, and he could, you know, outperform that, become your starting pitcher three if he has if he plays a full season. Two thirty-five is his ADP. Yeah, that's that's crazy value, honestly. Yeah. So he's going the same range as like Drew Smiley, Eduardo, Eduardo Rodriguez, Nate Pearson, Pineda area. Actually, going, going a little bit right after um, Eflin, who we talked about before. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I, I agree with you. I agree with you on King. I honestly, I have to say, I haven't looked into Montgomery enough yet. I need to look into him more. But um, mm-hmm. what you're saying sounds really good, so it makes me want to look into him. I can't say that I'm out or in on him because I just haven't, I haven't looked at him yet, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, haven't drafted him either, so maybe I'm missing out. Um, I'll, I'll, um, let's stay in the East. Let's go through the three in a row in the East. I'll go with my Blue Jays. So I'm from Toronto, and this is my team. And um, now, we're, you're, you're from Philly? Yeah, Philly. Mm-hmm. So you're a Phillies fan? Of course, of course, bro. I'll, Obviously. It's been, it's been rough the last couple of years, but yeah, I'm, st- I'm stuck with them. You know, it was rough. You, you pretty, you're lucky you, weren't, you probably weren't um, old enough to remember, but I was, at this, I was at the game where Joe Carter hit the home run against Mitch Williams in the World Series. Yeah, I definitely was not old enough. To, <laughs> yeah. I was even in the sport. <laughs> yeah, I was um, I was ten. I was only ten years old, but um, I was there, and uh, that was fun. So I'm glad you didn't have to witness that, though. That would, <laughs> that would have been painful for you. But um, but you but you did you did get us back when you um you stole a holiday from us and you pitched a no hitter. So that was mm-hmm. that was uh, that was awesome. So we both got to we both got to enjoy the Bray holiday when he when he pitched. So that's um, that was pretty special. Uh, yeah. But again, I'll go with my Jays, and um, the guy I'm down on is Nate Pearson. Um, just for where he's going. Um, again, I, I know I'm harping on the injury risk, but you know he throws super hard, sort of like what you were saying with, with McKenzie. But Pearson obviously is a bigger guy, and he throws like 102. But um, we've, we've seen that. We've seen the guys that throw that hard that are starters tend to get hurt. Like we've seen it with Syndergaard. We've seen it with Severino. Like the list goes on, like Chris Sale. Um, and then there's other guys as well that throw extremely hard, like even in the bullpen. Just – that's going to catch up to you. And he was injured last year. And that wasn't an injury that you take lightly, but he did come back. But he came back for a short period of time. So I don't know if that injury is settled. I don't know. I don't trust him right now. And just comparing him to players that you can get a lot later for the upside. For He's an upside play. And he like that's where you're drafting. You're drafting for the upside at that point around. Um, he's going at pick um, 251 on average. Now, I'm just going to give you a list of guys that are going after that that have very similar upside. Um, maybe not as much upside, but relative for the, to their cost. Dean Creamer, Tanner Hulk, Spencer Howard, Michael Kopech, Daniel, Pen- Daniel Ponce de Leon. All those guys, I think, have upside. And taking um, Pearson way, way earlier than some of these guys and earlier than all those guys, it just, in terms of drafting, working backwards and, and finding the best, the best acquisition cost in, that, in your draft, Maybe the way to go here and spending draft capital around pick 250 on something other than starting pitcher, perhaps. Um, my guy that I'm up on, it was hard to find because the Jays, 
I'm not really I'm I don't really like anyone in the rotation for from a fantasy point of view. I don't trust Ryu, um, and then everything else is pretty much I mean, do not touch. But so I'll go deeper in these draft champions leagues, and I've done a bunch of these draft champions leagues. I've, I've probably done over 10, 10 money drafts already this year. Um, Joey Murray, he's a he's a he's their number thirty prospect on on, on pipeline. He'll be twenty five years old by the end of the year. Um, doesn't have a lot of innings under his belt, but you know what? Neither neither does Pearson. Um, he does have a 10 plus K per nine and a 30, 30% plus K percentage. The controls are pretty much a question mark, but for what it's worth, Zips does have him at 91 innings pitched. Um, and I don't, I don't believe he's pitched even in double A yet, but it's going to be a weird season because you sort of have to skip a grade. If you're, if you, if you're making a school reference here for these minor league players, um, also the Jays rotations, a bag of shit. So I think there's, there's, um, there's room for him to move in there. Um, he does have uh, he does have four pitches um, that are quality, but he doesn't he doesn't throw hard, but he he, he makes it up on the deception and, and the angle. So he's I don't want to say a dart throw because everything everything has some sort of education or research behind it. But he can I haven't even picked him yet in these drafts. So um, maybe I should um, um, maybe I should draft what I preach. But um, he's a guy that I'd be, I'd be looking to maybe take a, a stab on in, in one of these drafts just to just to have a share of him. I need I need to look in that guy. I haven't, I haven't I haven't you know heard much about Murray. What Joe Murray you said? Joe Joey Murray and he, there's actually they actually have a guy named Patrick Murphy and they have Joey Murray. Patrick Murphy's a little more um, highly touted and a little bit higher on these prospect lists. Mm-hmm. But I actually prefer Murray. He has better stats. Um, I, I don't think he is. He's not as highly touted because I don't think his stuff is as good. But mm-hmm. um, he's one of those guys that um, he's not going to throw real hard, but he could be. He, he he could be good if if, he, if that deception plays in the major leagues. Sometimes the dece- sometimes the deception and and the and the makeup plays more than the actual stuff as he's seen. So, again, um, not like I'm not saying he's the next coming of like Roger Clemens, but um, he's he's a guy he's a guy that I, he's on my radar. Gotcha. I, I I like that. I got I got to look into him more. But for Pearson, I will say personally i i'm kind of ignoring the injury risk at the adp i'm just like going all out in some cases i'll be like okay if i if if he's there grab him if he plays a full season and does well you're probably gonna do well in that league so i mean i might, I might take take the take the gamble in a couple leagues we'll see okay yeah, yeah. you know what? i i like him but i think i think he's high upside but i just um i'm trying to draft i'm trying to draft smart and i, mm-hmm. I think that just i can't convince myself that he's worth it um, relative to those other players at where he's going. So I could be wrong. I could be wrong, but um, mm. that's it. So who's, uh, who's your next team? Next, we're going with the athletics and down. We're going with Sean Manea. Um, Simply because there is, you know, there's still some slight injury risk based into him as a player. I just, but I just think him as a pitcher, he has very little room for error because he doesn't have that huge K upside. So if his command or control falters even a little bit, Everything else will come tumbling down. He'll get hit hard. He'll, you know, give up runs. So, I mean, I don't. I like. I like. A, I like a guy that can command and control his arsenal, but not a guy that simply might not have any more room for growth in the K upside area. So I mean, he, as I said, he has little room for error, and I just don't, don't. I don't buy him this year. I don't buy him going forward at all, honestly. And a guy that I like that I really do like from the athletic rotation is uh, Montas. I think he's going later than he was going in twenty twenty. Um, Sneaker first guy, Nazi splitter. We saw the K upside even when he was struggling. Um, the injury, I did. I think it 
and set him back a little bit in regards to just his confidence, his uh, his groove. And it's, it was a weird year. So, I mean, I'm not, I'm not really buying a lot of the performances in general from players I saw in 2020, but I think him, especially the talent is still there. And I think he'll be a, one of those discounted pitchers you can get later and will definitely perform for you. Oh, I totally agree with you, man. Um, I, I think Montas got unlucky last year looking mm. at, looking, looking under the hood. Um, I won't get into details because you, you did already, but I, I agree with you and I'm, I'm out, I'm, I'm out of Manea and I, I really like Montas. I, I don't have enough shares of Montas for my liking, but I think he, Again, like got unlucky. Um, all right, um, who do I want to go to next? Let's go to the Baltimore Orioles. I think to polish off. No, we still have got the Red Sox to go after that. But um, second last team in the East, um, Orioles. Um, guy I am down on is John Means. So I, I googled. Uh, I, I want to look at him a bit. So I, I googled Savant Means. And um, I got a learned person, especially a distinguished scientist. So hmm. I just got the definition of that <laughs> savant means. So I had to, so I had to search savant means and then baseball. So then, okay, then I got then I got to his his stat, his stat cast and savant, and it's it's okay. Um, but he's on a bad team, and where he's going, he's going at the ADP of two hundred and thirty. Um, so he's going right around. Like I'd even rather have Pearson, honestly, than than John Means. Um, I know there's a lot of guys, a lot of play, a lot of um, experts in, in our industry are really high on means, and I believe that has affected his ADP. Um, his K9 has never been good. He, he had he had a really good K9, K9 this year, and I and I and um, he um, and he they're saying, and it was actually even worse in the minors. He doesn't have a plus fastball. Um, again, did I mention he's on a bad team? Um, but um, he's. Um, He's top 25 in home runs per nine. So that's that's a killer for him. So there, I think people are assuming that his home runs per nine are going to regress positively. Um, but I searched um, minimum over the last two years. So I didn't want to look at just 2020. I want to look at 2019, 2020. Um, minimum 150 innings pitched across those two years. Um, um, he was um, top 25 in um, – he was um, um, he was top 25 in home runs per nine. But he was only um, top 85 in home runs per fly ball. So that mean so that what that tells me is that he might have some negative regression coming in the home runs per nine. Then I looked even further and I looked at, at um, for those two years anyone with a minimum of 10 home runs allowed. I wanted I wanted to look, I wanted to look at the expected batting average on those home runs. So if he had an expecting batting average on those home runs, then you'd um you'd, you'd say okay maybe he was getting a little bit unlucky. But he had a 7.10 average on home runs, which is about which is about average on par. So he wasn't really getting unlucky that a lot of bad, poorly hit balls are getting hit for home runs. So he wasn't like letting DJ LeMay, who hit home runs to right field a bunch of times, um, as an example. But um, uh, just looking at the video from last year too, like even he he got lucky. He did get, he actually did get lucky. In fact, and at least a, a couple times, I saw Conforto hit a ball off him in, in Camden Yards. It just hit right off the top of the wall and, and, and went for a double, but could have easily been a homer in another park. So um, I don't think he's bad, but I think where he's going, like I think he's, I think where he's trending, I'm going to stay away from him. And then on the flip side, um, trying to find my notes on this, but Zach Lother, he's a prospect in the Orioles system. He's going to be 25 years old. And I'm just going off my, going off my memory here because um, I don't have my, I'm trying to find my notes, but uh, he is um, again, uh, elite, elite um, K ups, elite K's in the minor leagues, elite whip. He's been really good. He's off the radar of a lot of prospect lists. I think there's a lot. Of, he's not even. Um, 
I don't think he's even on the top 10, 15, a lot of, a lot of, a lot of really respected um, prospect analysts, but I think he's, I think he's got to be up this year. Um, again, 25 years old, great stats. And again, he's, he's sort of like a guy like that Joey Murray that I talked about, not a blistering fastball, but he has that low arm angle and he's got the deception that gets him by that. He's got, they call it an invisible fastball that he has mm-hmm. because his K is K's up his K's and, and, um, and K and K percent is uh, K's and K percentage in the minor league is, is just phenomenal. So he's a guy that his ADP is 747. So like basically you can get him for free. And I've, I've taken, I think a share or two of them. So he's a guy I like a lot. You're throwing me these names, bro. I got to look into them more. I'm like, these guys can really make a difference down the stretch for you, you know, during the, well, the week. They're, they're, they're not stuff. guys you're going to draft in, in regular, any leagues, like even got leagues with 30, 30 man rosters, but they're your 50 man they're your 50-man roster. Mm-hmm. The guys you're going to put on your watch list for um, um, when when teams start calling players up. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so and then for my next team, um, I'm going with the White Sox. And down, I don't even know if Reynaldo Lopez is going to start. I don't think he should. But if no. he is the fifth starter, just yeah, I don't even think I have to say anything. No. No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm just. I'm oh, I want to see. Where, I want to see what his ADP is. I'm actually curious. But you keep talking. Yeah, it's probably it's probably too high. I mean, he shouldn't be drafted. Okay. He's just not a good pitcher. Uh, six six eighty two. Man, I mean, if you want, but at that ADP, what he's going to give it too much hard contact. He's going, he's not going to do anything well for you. There's zero command of his pitches. I mean, so I mean, yeah, stay with stay away from Ronaldo Lopez. I I could rant about him all day about how bad he's been. Yeah, people were but, people were on him last year, so I think I think I people I think they might have figured everyone might as an industry might have been onto him now that he's not good. Mm-hmm. And but, but I mean, my next guy, you could argue that he, you know, there's similar problems with him. But I will die on the Dylan Cease hill. I will, I will always advocate for drafting Dylan Cease and seeing what happens. I think th- there's always there's a there's a thing about having such natural ability that you just have to learn how to harness it, and then you'll take off. And I think that's the only thing setting back Dylan Cease. He just has to learn how to harness natural ability with that fastball. You see how it comes out of his hand, and sometimes it gives gives too much horizontal break, too much run. I mean, and that's just because he doesn't have the best command of his natural abilities. I think once he gets that, I think the sky's going to be the limit. He's going to take off, and he's not going to look back. So, I mean, if you want that another one of those late dart throw upside guys, draft Dylan Cease and hope for the best. 375. And you know what, if the Central um, plays the Central again, because COVID could still be around, they might they might have the same uh, they might have the same angle this year where the cent- like the, the divisions play just each other. Mm-hmm. And he's in a good division um, at pick 375. I don't I don't mind it. I think like the upside's there. Like um, he's going after everyone else that I had mentioned with that um, upside um, upside um, new shiny new toy upside type uh, person. Mm-hmm. Um, so you're saying you're going to die on the sea cell, so you're going to be yeah, deceased. You're going to be deceased. I'm, 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 I like that. I'm, I'm, I'm deceased. I'm, I'm there. Bro. I'm, you're deceased. I... <laughs> All right. Um, so question for you. Um, I'm with you. On, I'm with you on your White Sox picks. If you had to pick, I'm going to make you pick between Reynaldo Lopez and Ivan Nova. Who would you pick? <laughs> <laughs> if you had to draft one, somebody's got a gun to your head, and you have to draft Nova or yeah. Reynaldo Lopez. I'm 
<clears throat> in this case, bro, I'm going. I'm going Lopez only because <laughs> even though Nova's more, Nova's just this, just this guy that he for some reason was pitching complete games for a couple years in a row. I don't know what what's up with it, but Lopez he still has that fastball ability, that hard fastball. So say say he does magically get it together, he could be a you know could become a guy. So uh, just because of the natural ability, I'm going Lopez. But I still do like Nova just because he eats up innings sometimes whenever whenever he starts. I see where Nova's going. In the- He's not even going. Yeah, probably he's probably not. I mean, not even I, is he even signed? I don't even know if he's. I on don't know. Team. He was on Detroit last year. I don't think he got a multi-year deal. Yeah, but, he's, pro- uh, he's probably a free agent. All right, so let's see what else I got here. Let's look at the Minnesota Twins, who is, who are one of the teams that you have left over uh, for me in the scraps. So <laughs> I will um, choose Jose Barrios as a guy that I am down on. Um, he is going at pick ninety, and. He's basically a 384-year-old guy with K per nine. You draft him for volume in these leagues. Um, but there's a lot of volume plays. Just um, in, I think he's more of a name. I think people have expectations for him maybe the last couple of years. And I think we really know. I think we know who he is at this point. And he's, had, he's been in the Central. So, dude, we've seen guys really, really excel in the Central. He's been good. He's shown flashes. But I think you can get guys like Dallas Keuchel later on that are going to get you very similar. So... For his acquisition cost, I'm out on him. Um, uh, I don't know where Zach Wheeler's going, but I'd prefer him. He's probably going a little bit before him. Let me just, I should have looked this up beforehand, but let's do a quick search. He's going really close. So Zach Wheeler's going at pick 88, and Barrios is going at pick 90. I'd way rather have Wheeler there. Um, and um, and even like Julio Urias, I'd rather have than, than Barrios. Even, um, I guess it's really hard to compare them because they're such different, they bring you such different things. But, but yeah, the guy I'm up on is Michael Pineda. Uh, we've mentioned him, I think, in this, um, as a comp to some of these other guys. Or he's going around pick 230. I ri- I've written it down where he's going. He's going at pick, um, where's Minnesota? He's going at pick 30, 234, I have him at. And he's 31 years old, so I don't think they're going to hold him, hold him back. Again, he's in a good division. He has some injury risk. I've talked about injury risk, but... Um, I'm going to look past it for, for where he's at right now. He's been he's shown signs of health the last couple of years. He's a guy where his swinging strike rate has overperformed his K percentage over the last couple of years. So he's a guy, that's what I looked. I looked at K, I looked at K, K minus walk percentage, and I look at um, swinging strike percentage. And I look at how that actually, um, how, how the swinging strike percentage um, would dictate, how you think it would dictate um, your K percentage. And he's a guy that's really, really underperformed. And he's on a he's, he was really high on that list um, alongside alongside guys like Dylan Bundy, and um, and another thing to mention that he had his best swinging strike percentage of his career in 2020. So I think he had a 14.3 percent swinging strike rate, which is the best yet, and he still didn't eclipse the the, the nine K per nine inning. So he was just still he was still under a K per inning. But I think he has the I think he has the skill set. I'm not even gonna, I was going to say upside, but I'm I'll say skill set to be like a 10K per nine pitcher and pitch to a low three ERA in a good division and maybe eat up some surprising innings. I like those picks. Barrios has always been perplexing to me. I just don't really know what to make of the guy. I mean, yeah, I don't know what to make of Barrios. I usually just avoid him. It usually works out. But, um, and yeah, Pineda, he, he, he showcased that, that upside last year, and I think at his ADP, he'll definitely do it again. I like right that. Cool. All right, and now for my my last team, 
I think Zach has one more. But I am going for Dan, for my guy that I'm not too high on, or for, I should say for my guys I'm not too high on. It's for whoever's fourth or fifth in that rotation. It should be Pena, Sandoval, one of their prospects. But I don't, I don't, anybody that's not Heaney, Bundy, et cetera, I don't, I don't want. So, yeah, I, I'm, I'm down on all those guys for now. But up, I really like Andrew Heaney. I think he has a very simple approach, sinker, curveball, changeup. It works. He, he can go with seven innings, you know, strike out seven seven guys. Maybe he gets three walks, but he only allows a, one, a run or two. I think he's, he's he won't kill your wit, and he'll have that K upside. He'll have that innings, you know, innings either upside. And I, I I like the command. He's not expensive. I think yeah, he's going two hundred and one point five one in the NFBC and twelve team leagues, and I think that's just really good value. Right on. Cool. Um, I agree. Heaney was a guy I was, been, I was up on a lot last year, and he didn't really perform to what my expectations or what I'd like him to be. But again, he, he fits that mold with the Bundy. He was, he's like in that Bundy-Pineda mold, where Bundy's already taken that leap. But I, I think I agree. I, I think he fits in there. He's going he's going at a fair EDP for what his um, for what his track record is, but he, he does have the upside. So I do, I do like that pick, man. Um, next team I'll talk about is the, the Mariners. So the guy that I'm up on, First of all, they're going to have a six-man rotation. They've, they've said that already. Um, a guy that I'm up on is Logan Gilbert. He's not in the rotation yet, but he was talked about coming up last year alongside Kalenic, which never happened. But if you look at his track record, sub one, uh, sub one whip in, in AA, uh, he was almost promoted. Um, now, if you look at that six-man rotation, when he comes up, like obviously that's a deterrent uh, because he's not going to get you as many innings. But really, are you drafting him at, pick, at an ADP of um, 454? to pitch you 180 innings in a full season? No, you're, you're drafting him to get you probably around 100 innings, 120 maximum. So if he's up from the start of the year, which or close to that, he can easily get you that. Um, and um, on the flip side, using that six-man uh, um, rotation as an advantage uh, or as, um, as a pro for um, him having a good cost, for him having a good draft cost, is that let's say he doesn't start in the rotation. There's five or six guys in the rotation, or let's say there's, let's say there's, there's five, there's, there's, there's five guys instead of four that could fall through or get injured. So he does have a 20% better chance to come up and to, to displace someone in a five or five man rotation than a four man rotation. So I'm up on him. And I think he's just, I, I think just um, relative, like I've been drafting him after people have been drafting Matt Manning. Um, and did we talk about the Tigers? Or is that one of the teams we still got to talk about? We do have to talk about them. And this, is, this might be a good transition. Manning, Manning was injured last year. They held him back. So there's been no reports on what, what's happened, but um, on what's happened, that injury development. But we don't know yet. So they're going to be cautious with him. He might be their best prospect. And the fact that Gilbert, who's, for, for all I know, healthy and has, and they're ready to bring him up, for him to be going after uh, Matt Manning, um, I don't know if he, I have to check the ADP, but Matt Manning is yeah the Matt Manning they're going very they're going very similar they're going in very similar spots so I much prefer Gilbert over Manning um, personally and a guy that I'm down on is Sheffield um, he's going at an eight just because of what where he's going he's going before pick three hundred he's he's um, since um, the start of his career which was his last year was his third year he's lost a mile and a half on his fastball so I don't know what to make of that. He does have a 4.5 ERA um, over his career with um, with the, with um, with um, with a decent K walk percentage. But his, last year was his best year, 
but he only had a 12% K minus walk percent last year in his best year, which I think he had like a three, just over a three year RA. So just like, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not sold on him to, to spend a pick before pick 300 on him, especially he's going to have a six man rotation. So yeah, I'm down, I'm down on Sheffield and I'm up on Gilbert. Give me, give me those Gilbert, Gilbert shares, man. I mean, I, he's one of my favorite dynasty pitchers in general. So I mean, once he comes up, I think he'll definitely be able to do some damage. People are loving Kirby too on, on the Mariners mm. as a dynasty. Ask what who do you like more? I think Kirby's getting a lot of the dynasty hype, um, but Gilbert's getting a lot of the redraft hype for good reason. Mm. Um, all right. So who do we have left? I know we have Detroit left that we just talked about, but I have eight teams and you had seven. So I actually have two teams left to talk about. So I'll just get into Manning as my guy I'm down on from Detroit, who I've already discussed why. And the and the guy I'm up on now and the reason before I get to the guy I'm up on, another reason I'm down on Manning is because I've heard rumblings that Mize and Scooble are gonna start the year in the minor leagues. Um, that's that's what I heard Gardenhire say. So I don't know if they're gonna make any moves or what what their plan is, but um, if they're going to start in the minor leagues, it's probably going to delay Manning a little bit more. And he's got that injury you got to think about. So he's a guy I'm, I'm sort of down on for the cost. Just I'd rather have Logan Gilbert, to be honest. I'd rather mm-hmm. target him. But a guy I'm up on, despite the fact that they're saying um, they're going to start in the minor leagues, is Tariq Skubal. Uh I like him a lot. Um, I think his, his strikeout ability is um, better than Mize. I think Mize has the better pitch in that. Um, I think he has that fork ball, right? Yes, he has one of those one of those different pitches. No, it's not a splitter. Sorry, he has a splitter. Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. he's a he's a splitter. That's that's amazing. But I but I mm-hmm. am up on Scooble. And if I look, if you look at his game log, actually, the game. If you look at his game log, game by game, it's actually really good. Um, he had a couple. He had a couple starts near the beginning of when he first got called up that weren't so good. He didn't go that deep into games, and he let in. He get like he I think he had like let in like a two two runs over four innings, like that type of thing. And uh, but he really turned it on. I think he. I think he. He he had he had quality starts more like I don't want to say quality starts I don't mean six innings and three runs but just like good fantasy starts more often than not so I I think he I think he's going to be really good and I think it and and I think people are noticing that his ADP is two ninety two so he's not cheap like relative he's not he's going ahead of Mize he's going ahead of Manny he's the first Tigers pitcher off the board I believe mm-hmm. or is Boyd um, let's search that Matt Boyd he's going yeah he actually is going ahead of Matt Boyd Matt Boyd's going at three wow. seven. So I would, actually that surprised me to look at because I didn't look at Boyd's ADP, but Boyd is actually going after Scooble. The world, the world is a, is awake to what Scooble can do. I like it. I mean, that's, that's fair. He's probably their best pitcher right right now. Yeah. I, I take I take him over Boyd too. I think I think the, I think Mize has a pretty good pretty good pretty good value too. I think I don't know where he, I didn't look at where he's going. I think he's going around three fifty. I think he's I think he should be up. Like I don't, I don't know why they're saying they're going to start the miners. I think if they're going to start them in the miners, I think Mize is going to be up sooner than later. I don't think mm. uh, he really has a lot left to work on. I think it's just a matter of how it plays in the majors. Mm. Um, so last thing I'm going to talk about is the Red Sox, and the Red Sox. A guy I'm up on. I'm going to say Erod. Um, and I know I talked about injury risk a lot, but I think they're saying by all means he's coming back. Um, he's going around. Uh, his ADP is. Um, his ADP is around uh, 240, 250. So he's going in that range of pitches we talked about, the, the Pineda, Pearson, um, that type of range. Um, but he is, um, like, I think the question is how many innings he's going to throw. Like, he, yeah. he, he was throwing 200 innings before he um, before he um, got, in, got, got injured or whatever. He had the health issues last year. But even if he pitches, even if he pitches at 75% of, um, like, uh, 75% of what, like, 
what his career progression would indicate in terms of innings he should throw. So let's say he does throw like 150 innings this year if it's a full season. I think even if he pitches, like I think if like I think the quality uh, of of what he can do at that quantity is, is going to be a profit at 250. And he also has upside to perform better than what he already did. Uh, so I think he's going to get you more than a strike at an inning. I think he's going to get you an ERA in the threes. And um, yeah, the Red Sox aren't as good anymore. But I think there's, um, I think it's a good price at around 250. Mm-hmm. Um, so a guy I'm down on is um, Chris Sale. His ADP is 234. Now, if the season is shortened and we start in May or something like that, then that's a whole different ballgame. And I actually kind of want to grab a couple of these shares of these guys here and there, like your Syndergaard, Sale, Severino, just in case that happens, because I think that's a very real possibility. But um, you really, when a guy's coming back from Tommy John surgery, you usually hope that he, let's say he goes down to the beat, that like in, in early, in the early in the year, then he's going to come back mid-season the next year. You're really going to hope that he comes back um, and pitches to the same form as he does before he went down with the injury. However, with Sale, that's not even the case. First of all, it's going to be 2021. He didn't pitch in 2020 and 2000. And, and so you're, are you hoping he gets back to the two, that 2019 form? No, he wasn't good in 2019 even. So you're basically hoping that in 2021 in half a year, Chris Sale is going to pitch to form that he was in 2018. So you're going to, you're going to turn back the clock three years on a guy that's how old? Not going to happen. Not going to happen. Um, so like I think people are are drafting him with the upside of 2018 Chris Sale. No, that's not a, that's not in the range of outcomes. So I think at 250, it also the Red Sox are not a good team this year. So I don't think they're going to be any hurry to bring him back. I know that there's been talks about um, Syndergaard coming back early. Syndergaard said he's going to come back in in March or he's going to be back for, for the start of the season. That's what he's saying. But we know that's 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 probably that's probably going to be an optimistic scenario so i think Syndergaard's up uh, back first i think the mets are known to not care about their pitcher's health and he could be he could be a guy that's up in may back in may early june severino i'm a little bit down on him he did have the tommy john first so he might have the, he might have a better chance of tactically being back first but the yankees have such a good bullpen that he could probably um, they could probably afford to bring him out after four or five innings every time just to baby him a little bit. Now sale, he's got the, he, he also had a, he had a myriad of in, like issues that what maybe weren't even just Tommy John before and he wasn't good and the Red Sox aren't good. So of those three pitchers, I definitely like Syndergaard the most for a redraft league and sale at, at way at a way higher ADP than the other two guys and a higher ADP than even like Logan Gilbert. I'd rather have Logan Gilbert now that I think about it. Um, um, over Chris Sale. And like I said, I do want to grab, I do want to sprinkle, I'm in a bunch of leagues, so I do want to sprinkle some shares of these guys in just in case the season starts late. So I will have shares of them, but at that cost, Sale, I'm, he's, a, he's, a, he's an avoid, really, in general. I like those picks. I mean, this Sale, Sale pro- will probably have that type of Severino, you know, experience. Severino came back, I think it was like September or something, and he went right to the bullpen. So, I mean, that could that could be the same situation with Sale. That, that, that ADP, you can definitely get some more upside. I, right. I do want to mention I did miss a team. I, I don't know how I did this, but I missed the Rangers. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, that's the last team. <laughs> 
So for the, it's, for it's the, good. We, we, we saved we saved yours for last, so that's good. <laughs> yeah, but for the, for the for Rangers for the Rangers, I don't. I'm down on everybody. I mean, that rotation is gonna be it's gonna be awful. <laughs> I mean, it's gonna be a really bad rotation. They're gonna have a tough time winning games. But if if it's gonna be one guy, I would have to pick Dane Dunning. I mean, he does have the command issues of some of his pitches, but I like the K upside. I like the innings eater upside. I like you know the new situation, the game trade to new situation and blossoming maybe. So I mean, I like what I like him as a pitcher in general. But that I'm down on just about everybody in that rotation. Yeah. Yeah, but it's a nice park to pitch in, though. Joey Galloway nice is hitting. Yeah, it's a good park. I, I like I like Donning. I agree with that pick. I think Donning has some good upside. He's going at 290. So he's a guy that um, is in that sort of group of, of upside pitchers that you can grab as um, like a, like you got the first guy in your bench that you hope um, mm-hmm. really really hits. And like you're hoping some of those guys are the, the, the Lucas Giolito of a couple of years ago when he broke yeah. out. So I like that pick. Um did you say you're down on everyone, and then you guys you have to yes you're you're up on you're up on Dunning and down on yeah. everyone else. Yeah. One guy, the one guy that I kind of like as a late late guy in the Rangers is um, uh, Kyle Cody, just because you can get him so late. Like I'm talking like round fifty, round forty eight, and he did pitch well at the end of last year. He's no lock to be in that rotation, but he did have he did have very good results in a very short sample size. So basically, at a free pick near the end of your draft, he's going to be pitching in a good ballpark. Not a lot of competition. A lot of those other pitchers have been, actually been bad that are that are potentially in that rotation, like Colby Allard. Um, so um, I like, I, but I, I agree with you. I like that pick, and I'm not I'm not too high on anyone else. Yeah, it's a kind of situation over there. I mean, they they had Lance Lynn going for them, but now it's just looking really bad over there. Yeah, he was he, Lynn was he still got them a lot of wins last year. He still got a lot mm-hmm. of wins on that team last year, which is kind of surprising. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, Lynn's gonna. How do you how do you like Lynn in the on the White Sox? Do you think his value is up or down? I think it's definitely going to be up fantasy wise, just because we'll get more run support, so we'll get more wins. That's you, know, that we, you want you want those wins in category leagues. But in regards to the pitching, I think it's going to be the same exact guy. He's still going to pound the hard pitches, throw that occasional curveball, and just be Lance Lynn up there on the mound. Yeah, I I will say though, I haven't I haven't thought about this yet. I just thought about this just now. I don't know if the White Sox will or uh, yeah, I don't know if the White Sox will let him go as far as the Rangers did in regards to pitching because there was a time I, I think Lynn was going 100 plus pitches every literally every start yeah I don't I don't know if they'll have that same type of you know mindset with Lynn and with the White Sox that's something to keep in mind going forward White Sox have a really good bullpen too they've got like five mm-hmm. arms that are just like ridiculously good so that's mm-hmm. a good point I haven't that's actually making me not want to have as much Lance Lynn as I thought but we'll see <laughs> yeah he's been he's been going quite early too like he's a guy that has a has a very big variance in where he's getting picked I've seen him get picked by um um I've seen him be, uh being picked in round two of a 15 team league that's and great. I've also seen him go in round five so he's got it's it's a it's a it's a wide it's a wide range where he's going <laughs> this year I think you got you got a lot of people split on on, on Lynn this year yeah. I liked him a lot last year for his, for um, what, what you can get him for, and he turned out to be a good pick f- for me. Um, but uh, this year he's obviously more expensive. Mm-hmm. All right, Micah, want to end it off on that? Yeah, bro. This was this is this has got me some got got me thinking. Honestly, I like it. It's got me thinking about a lot of guys. Well, I give you I give you those deep guys, and, and it, I think it's important. Uh, somebody said recently, like, don't fall in love with the guys before pick two twenty five or whatever it is. And uh, don't don't invest too heavily on on, on guys before that. Um, but if you if you have a couple dart dart throws, like not not dart throws, but guys that you 
that you that you made a conscious decision you think could really overperform their their cost like later later on and I think um, some of the, that's, that those are the picks that are going to really pay off. Um, mm-hmm. I know I've, like, some of the guys I've given you are like prospects really, so they're 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 um, in these draft and holds. It's really the, the the draft and hold leagues that, that I'm referring to in the, with, that have the 50 rounds. It's really hard to take a lot of these prospects because you really need to get innings and mm-hmm. and you're really sacrificing. Um, sacrificing the volume that you're going to get with say someone you're going to get say your John Lester that you can just draft just guys like Michael Walker Michael Walker John Lester Samarja last year those are guys honestly um, those are guys that I'm listing that I would never take that, um, but um, but like Stephen Matz those type of guys like mm. some people depends on your taste and you're really sacrificing those those um, that that volume with the upside of the players that I'm talking about um, and I almost I, I know I took um, Pineda on the Twins I almost took um, um, another guy. And um, have you ever talked to um, MLB Moving Average on Twitter, John? I I've seen. I think I follow him, but I haven't have any personal conversations with him. So yeah. So if you ever look, look at anything he does, look look at if you ever looked at any of his work or listen to him, he preaches in these in these deep leagues to to corner the market on on a certain like position on a team. And what he always cornered. Um, a team that he always looked at last year was the Braves. So in these 50-man leagues, he would grab Ian Anderson, um, Soroka, Tuki Toussaint, and um, maybe maybe those were the three. And he and he, he would have really hit on Ian Anderson if the season went longer. And oh, Kyle Wright was the other guy. I think he, he was grabbing two, th- three of those guys. So he just been, he was basically saying he'll, he played a numbers game. So he's saying one of those guys should hit for me. One of those guys should stick in the rotation. So I'm, I'm spending such a small amount of draft capital, like after pick after, after, well, after round 30, one of those guys is going to hit. I'll give you a mini one this year on the twins that I like Bailey Ober. He's, he's a guy that uh, he's on their 40 man roster. They just added him. He had outstanding um, numbers in double a in through 2019. Uh, doesn't throw super hard again, but he just had ridiculous numbers. He could, he could have been up, um, uh, alongside Jordan Balazovic, I believe his name is, a, mm-hmm. ca- a Canadian boy um, that just also had ridiculous numbers and better stuff than Ober. So both yeah. those guys are on the 40-man roster and um, and could be up this year in a good division on a good team. Um, and I'll complete the tri- trifactor with Joan Duran. Um, he's another highly touted prospect. I believe he might be even a level higher than those guys. But um, those are guys, if you can get all of those guys after round 40 – you're probably going to get one. You're, you're, you're probably going to get one at most that are going to that's going to hit for you. But that one guy um, is going to be probably could make a difference for you rather than just taking, I guess, throwing darts from round forty to round fifty on various players. So you want to, you're, if you want to corner that market, it's sort of you're, you're in a way hedging your bets. So that's a little that's a little um, triple play, I'll call it, um, of pitchers that are just. Um, I don't want to. I don't want to call them dart throws, but players that I that I think have a lot of potential if you group them together in these draft and holds. That's a great strategy. I've I've I'm never thought about that, and I'm glad you brought that up because now I might actually I will I probably will implement that in a couple of drafts because I mean you're you're give, yeah you're, like you said you're giving yourself a chance to grab one of the guys that will likely break out. So I mean yeah. I love that strategy. All right, cool. Yeah. All right, man. Michael, I want to remind everyone where they can find you. Plug some of the work you're doing. Um, brag a little bit. Yeah, you can find me on uh, Twitter at Fantasy Central One. That's the number one. You can find um, me on NewLifeFantasy.com, RotorRings.com. Right now, I'm working on 
part two of the starting pitcher sleepers. And one of the guys we mentioned in this podcast already, Mr. Kyle Quantrill, it will be featured on there. So, I mean, I'm, I'm excited to write about him. I'm excited to dig into him because I think he actually could be on the, in the rotation this season. Beauty. I, li- I like it a lot. I'm looking forward to reading it. So, again, Micah, thanks for, ha- uh, thanks for being on the show. Uh, really had fun. Appreciate it. Learned a lot from you. Um, and I will talk to you later. Thanks for having me, bro. No problem. Tell me what.